I'm Hillary. That's your four minute buzz. And now here's Glenn and Stu with the show. Glenn, welcome back in studio. Thank you. Very nice to uh, be back. We have uh, Home Title Lock is our sponsor. One of the largest real estate title companies suffered a breach of nearly 900 million homeowner files. Your home's title, your mortgage, your bank loans, your personal info may be in the hands of identity thieves. They're going to forge your home's title so it appears that you sold it, and then they get the loans from online lenders using your equity and stick you with the payments. No identity theft program uh, or any insurance covers you in this. And the first 30 days after a breach are crucial, so I've got 30 days of protection for you for free. Go to HomeTitleLock.com for 30 days of free title and mortgage fraud protection. Home Title Lock puts a barrier around your house. HomeTitleLock.com. Go there now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Well, hello, America. Boy, are we at a crossroads. We are at this crossroads where we have to decide what are we going to be? Who are we going to be? What is our republic? Uh, Right now, Bernie Sanders says it's not appropriate to deport illegal aliens. I think there's more going on in the border on on the border than most people think. Not you. I just think anybody who is really not paying attention to this and like, oh, you know what? We got to have compassion. There's more going on and the Democrats are involved. And I'll tell you about it in one minute. This is the Glenn Beck program. Okay, we've talked about, um, you know, the Federal Reserve and mortgage rates an awful lot. We're at a point in our history where uh, mortgage rates are now so low that we have an opportunity to get our financial house in order and set our course for our family's future. Now, history tells us that these rates are not going to last. So it's important that you take advantage to lock things down now. A primary need, your shelter. Like building a, a, a building on a rock rather than sand, a mortgage at a low fixed rate is really super important because it provides stable financial platforms for your family. With rates this low right now, it's worth the 10-minute phone call to American Financing. Now, maybe you can afford that monthly mortgage payment that you you know didn't have. You couldn't afford. Well, now with the low mortgage rates this low, can you? Call American Financing. Help you get into a an, into a home with little or no down payment. Please, please be careful. But these are the people that I trust to help you through and navigate uh, this system with you. It's American Financing. Go to AmericanFinancing.net. AmericanFinancing.net. The number is 800-906-2440. That is AmericanFinancing.net. 800-906-2440. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. You see them, let them know that I'm looking for direction, something solid I can hold. Let me talk a little bit about. Uh, let me talk a little bit about the president. Last night he did his first um, uh, Spanish-speaking interview. He didn't speak Spanish, neither did the interviewer. But it was for I think Telemundo. It was it was incredibly unfair it's everything that you would expect okay 
Why are you ripping families apart? No, I stopped it. I stopped it. It was Obama. We're not talking about Obama here, sir. Yeah, but I stopped it. It was Obama. We're not talking about Obama here, sir. I mean, it's that kind of stuff. So it's just so frustrating. I I just, I endured it once. I don't want to have to endure it a second time. Although he did a really good job. He kept his cool the entire time. He just kept restating the uh, the, uh, facts. I thought he did an excellent job on that last night. And the media is so convinced that they're right on this. And I don't think they are. I think people are seeing, and I mean Hispanics and everybody else, people are people. We all want secure jobs, secure neighborhoods, safe places for our families. When when he got into, uh, well, you said that uh, MS-13 members are coming over. There's a lot of other people. Yes, but mixed in those people, if it's one in a hundred, that's too many. We don't know who these people are. I think that actually works for the average person. And I'm not talking about, man, I've been traveling the country here this summer. And I, I just don't think people are playing the politics game like talk radio plays it, like certainly like the media plays it. We're hyper focused on this. But the average American is pretty much done, and they're just watching it, you know, from a distance. And if he can remain calm and cool as he did uh, all the way through, he's he's going to make an impact because this is getting worse and worse and worse. And the Democrats, this this compromise with uh, Nancy Pelosi that they announced this weekend, did you see that, Stu? On the border? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. He announced he was going to do these raids, and then he said, at request of Democrats, I'm going to delay the raids for a couple of weeks to see if they can work something out. Mm-hmm. So she did. She worked something out. Uh, she's going to provide all of the funding so they can you know, move on and uh, help communities deal with all of these. But nothing for actual security. Just, yeah, we'll help get these people out and on their feet. No, that, that's, that's, that's not what we were asking for. And I think that, um, I think that the average American is going to see through this game. And I think the Democrats almost, I think they want him to act through executive order. They're, because they're, they're not acting reasonably here at all. And I really think that they want him to take this on. And quite honestly, I'm at that point. Mr. President, just we're going to lose our country. We're going to lose our country. You can't have this kind of influx. I find it interesting to the way the media looks at this, because if you go back to, let's say, when Republicans were saying we don't want Planned Parenthood funded. Mm-hmm. OK, mm-hmm. and then they, sh- they quote unquote shut down the government. And the focus was constantly on the victims, right, of mm-hmm. of this of this shutdown, mm-hmm. the people who didn't have their, you know, the military people didn't get their paychecks, and like they went through every case they could to try. And when you know when the military paychecks came, then it was another thing. It was always some desperate person who was being right. affected by the Republicans. And the the idea was, you know, Republicans should just get past this little thing they have with funding abortion mm-hmm. and give mm-hmm. the money to the people who need it. Mm-hmm. Well, look at this situation. Tell me, it's not the exact same thing. Right. Like Republicans are asking, saying, like, look, 
give us money to deal with all of these asylum claims and all these illegal immigrants that are crossing. You keep saying that, that, you know, we're detaining them in this, you know, horrible, inhuman way. Well, we need more money to deal with them. As everybody has noted, the the numbers are up in, in incredible amounts. So they've asked for it. They've asked to take care of the problem Democrats are identifying, right? That this this deta- uh, you know these detainments are not uh, are not you know the the best right they want to, they want to improve mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. so what do they say what, what's the what's the is it i mean if it was handled the same way you'd say democrats should get over the idea that they should not fund this and they're pushing the, all the politics that are difficult mm-hmm, on, on republicans mm-hmm. and deal with the actual victims here mm-hmm. no this again it falls on the republicans as as the problem the republicans aren't doing enough to to help the illegal immigrants and then they talk about whatever trump tweeted last week well why why don't the democrats have to get over their ideological uh upset with the president on this why don't they just have to give him the money so here's this uh, very good point um and we all know the answer i think um that there's you know there's uh there's no real honest broker on on one side um you know what the democrats are now proposing is you have a leak in your bathroom and it's just pouring water out on the floor. What they're suggesting is that they will help. They'll help. They'll help rebuild the walls. They'll help, you know, uh, uh, rebuild the floor. Well, wait, I don't I, I need help right now shutting the water off. That's what we need. Shut the water off. Well, I'm going to make sure that everybody can get in there and every, all the kids have boots. I don't want my kids having boots. Shut the water off. That's the problem. And, you know, it's we can say that it's for whatever reason. But here's the reason the, Repo- the Democrats are doing this. And I'm, I'm convinced of it. I don't have I don't have any evidence except past uh and and past performance uh in exactly the same situation over in Europe all of the same people that are saying open our borders open our borders open our borders are the ones who said you got to take on this all these migrants you have to take them on you have to take them on and people like me were saying you can't take them on you can't just have open immigration you're going to have all kinds of problems you're going to have you're going to have more rapes, more violence. Some of these people are good, some of these people aren't good. You're going to get extremists that are coming across your border. You can't do that. You're also going to upset all of the people who feel like they're not being listened to. So what's happening now in Europe? Europe is being torn apart. And what what are the people in France talking about? What are the people in Germany talking about? What are the what are the people all over Europe talking about in Spain, in Greece? Direct elections. Full democracy, no republics, one man, one vote, full democracy. What are they doing here? They're trying to get rid of the electoral college. What what the left is trying to do right now is bring the world to a place to where you have true democracy, which is majority rules. Now, in Germany, they're afraid because it's the uber right that is asking for direct democracy. 
because the 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 right is the one saying, you know, you brought all these migrants in and now everything's going to hell and you're telling us to shut up. We can't talk about it. Well, we're tired of listening to you. You have the power. You've had it too long and you're you're trying to shut us up. And you're you're letting all these people in and they're changing Germany, not for the better. They're not adding. They're bringing their stuff and then telling us, with your help, exactly how we're supposed to live. We've had it. So in Germany, the left is very afraid of direct democracy. They're trying to stop it there. In France, they're not trying to stop it. So what's happening here? Well, we have our, our migrant caravans, just like you had the migrant boats going up into Europe. They know this destroys a country. They know it. They see it happening now in Europe. That's why they're trying to keep our borders open. They know that it will divide us even more. They know that it will cause chaos. They know that it causes political unrest. I know that sounds like a crazy charge to make. I know that. And I expect everyone on the left and in the media, if they would ever cover anything, they would cover that as a crazy conspiracy theory, etc., etc. But give me another reason. Because this is not compassion. What you're doing, chaos is never compassionate. Never. You must have triage. If you said, you know what, we got to get rid of triage. Everybody is hurting. We got to get rid of triage. That's what they're saying. The United States is the hospital. And they want to get rid of triage. Just everybody needs to get to a doctor. Well, what's that going to do to the hospital? More people will die because of that. More chaos. And in chaos, you cannot heal anything. So tell me exactly. Give me a better explanation because I don't buy compassion. Chaos, as I have told you for 15 years, is the operative word of the future. What do we have going down on the border? Chaos. Anything that encourages chaos, run from. Nobody likes being manipulated, especially when it's done on the Internet. It's creepy when you do an online search and then you're fed a barrage of ads and stories by companies that are trying to sell you something. It's quite honestly a personal infringement of of privacy, I feel. And it's relentless. It's even worse when cyber criminals invade your phone, your desktop, your tablet and steal your private information, steal your identity But there's an easy way to build a fortress around your data, a simple VPN. Nobody is tracking you. Nobody is selling your information to, uh, you know, to their clients. You know, that's 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 the one thing that you have to decide now that I don't think we ever used to have to decide. Am I the product or am I the customer? Facebook looks at you like a product. Google looks at you like a product. Okay? They gather all the information. They're selling you. That's what's different. 
And that's why you need Norton Secure VPN, because nobody's collecting all of that information. I have a right to be who I am, go where I want to, and have a right to privacy. You need a virtual private network to be able to do that. That's why a VPN right now is really important, and you have to have it with the right group, a group that you can trust. Norton Secure VPN, the convenience of the connected world without the worries of online privacy and security. Just go to Norton.com slash VPN. Protection starts at $333 a month. That's Norton.com slash VPN. Download the app, put the password in once, and everything runs through the VPN. No worries anymore. Norton.com slash VPN. We break for 10 seconds. Station ID. (laughs) Holy cow. Just what a what a world we're living in right now. What a world we're living in. I, I'm, I'm just let me throw this in real quick. I'm really excited to see you beginning this weekend um, here at the studios for our 12 score and three years ago museum. Um, this museum is uh, all about learning from the past and we make direct correlations. This is the first time we've ever done this direct correlations from the history to today. This is the history. This is how it happened. This is what it was. This is today. You see if there's you see if there's any parallel. And you're going to learn history, you're going to feel history. You're going to um you're going to be surrounded with history. Uh and you can get your tickets now at mercury1.org. It opens up this is it Friday or Saturday? I think it's Saturday. Um, opens up the 30th and it runs until July 7th. And so if you're anywhere in the Dallas area, bring your family. I'll be here. David Barton will be here. Stu will be here. I'm usually here for, uh, for the whole thing. Um, I do give tours, but I can't give all of the tours. And so there are selected tours where you can help Mercury one on uh, our, uh, on all of our missions by, uh, ponying up for one of those. Nobody's making any money. It's all going to charity. Um, but uh, sign up. You can sign up to take a uh, tour with Stu or I think Pat. Is Pat doing one? I'm not sure. I know uh, myself and Jeffy are doing one. And what we'll do is we'll go through like David Barton's tour. We'll just like, you know, kind of get to the back of that, watch his entire tour, take all the stuff from there, and then we'll we'll look really smart on our on our tour. Oh, that's really smart. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's what a dummy. Anyway, uh, so you could take <laughs> that's a really bad <laughs> philosophy there. Take the person who knows the stuff. We'll steal all the good stuff. We'll add in uh, making fun of you. That's a solid tour. Right well, there. you didn't say the make fun of me. Well, I think that's yeah, expected. I mean, that's, okay, that's all right. Basically, okay. my job. So anyway, um, it's uh, the twelve score and three years ago uh, pop up museum. We invite you to come. I urge you to come. Uh, and be surrounded by a lot of like-minded people. It's always so great to have the audience come together. Mercury1.org. Mercury1.org. Get your tickets now for our pop-up museum. Uh, you'll see the original Emancipation Proclamation, the Gettysburg Address, um, all of it. Uh, Mary Todd Lincoln's funeral dress, um, all kinds of all kinds of stuff, but tied directly to today in ways that 
you won't believe. You really won't believe. Okay. Stu. Looks like Buddha Judge. The media is saying he's out now. It's funny because we said this from the beginning. It's why we never really, you know, it's hard to move him up to the very top because no one has criticized him. Yeah. Right. Like he's not going to just walk into the nomination. Correct. So someone at some point is going to say something negative. Apparently, we've now found what that thing is, which is apparently he doesn't like black people, which is a stunning uh, accusation to a white person from uh, the Democrats, which is, you know, the only thing that they say about every single Mm -hmm. person. Uh, so the idea here is that he had uh, he had an issue, and it was one of his only known scandals was that he uh, fired the only, the first black police chief in South Bend, uh, and had been accused by some in the community of of being racist. The the cops, um, the makeup of the police had become too white, white. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there was a shooting over the weekend. I love this story too because it's all focused on Pete Buttigieg. And again, I don't want Pete Buttigieg to be president. <laughs> I do not. I think he would be a bad president. Uh, but the idea is they're like, well, there was a shooting and he's just not sensitive to it. And and then about 10 minutes into every piece of coverage on this, you hear the fact that the the, the, the officer who shot the black man, which is the new scandal, was carrying a knife and going after the police officer. And it's like at some so point. So you bring a gun to a knife fight. <laughs> at some point. Do you get any responsibility for what happens? No. If you take a knife at a police officer, I mean, is there anyone in America who thinks that's going to turn out well? Is there a good outcome? Is there anyone who thinks it should turn out well? It shouldn't. I mean, look. I mean, not not necessarily. Obviously, that there's not a death in the situation. Obviously, you do what you can. Right. We don't know. We don't know. But you would expect a gun to be fired. Yeah, probably. I mean, uh, you know, or I would fire. I'm a cop. Somebody's coming at me with a gun or with a knife. Yeah. What's your responsibility? I pull my gun out. Put your Stop. arms up and let him just stick the knife in your stomach a, yeah. a few times. I don't know what what the person's supposed to do. Well, they're don't done with charge him. at cops with knives. Yeah, they're uh, they're done with him now. They're done with him. It looks like they're done with him. You're listening to Glenn Beck. It's amazing. Uh, let me tell you about X Chair. <sighs> here i'm back in the most comfortable chair you don't have ever. an extra at the ranch uh-uh oh you got well get i one never ever planned on on doing a broadcast there until this last couple of weeks um but i have to get an extra chair there did we did we send an extra chair yet to steven crowder i don't know the answer get, that. would you write that down how to send him an extra chair um they are the most comfortable chairs ever x chair get one now at xchairbeck.com for your home office for your office office you spend a lot of time in your office chair more time than you spend in your car, and your car has all kinds of adjustments, hopefully, for your car seat. Um, does your chair at the office, more than up and down, back and forward, you will sit perfectly and so comfortably in your X chair. 844-4X chair. If you've ever bought one of those fancy chairs, I can't remember. I can't remember what the name of them are, but they're these fancy chairs that everybody's like, oh, that's the best chair ever. And you sit in it and you're like, this isn't so great. This is the chair I expected that to be. It's X chair. Xchairbeck.com. Get $100 off now. 844-4X-CHAIR. 844-4X-CHAIR or xchairbeck.com. All right. You know, you speaking of Stephen Crowder, you can get a show at part of Blaze TV. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn and save 10 bucks.
This is the Glenn Beck program. Pat Gray joins us. Hello, Pat. Hello, Glenn. You have a uh, you have a list of three things that uh, well, Democrats uh, are very upset about. Yes, because they're policy turnarounds by uh, President Trump. Oh, really? Yeah, uh-huh. and so he's receiving some pretty heavy criticism because you know he he was going to um, to to attach tariffs on Mexican products mm-hmm. and he didn't because they complied with what he wanted them to do. Mm-hmm. Then he was going to attack Iran and pulled out of that at the last mm-hmm. minute mm-hmm. Um, because he had heard that 150 people were going to be killed in that attack and he thought it disproportionate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he announced that ICE was going to begin deportations this week and he delayed that. And this is causing uh america to just be a laughing stock now and it's is it it's even is it, is it is it like a red line in the sand it is yeah, yeah a little weird. bit like that yeah and it's uh it's a national security issue mm. in fact because uh we people just don't know where we stand on anything anymore. we know exactly where he stands Can i know exactly where he stands mexico tariffs it worked cooperate or I'll give tariffs. They cooperate. <laughs> right. No tariffs. Right. The next one. Iran. Iran. The attack. Uh, we're going to put a stop to this. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. 150 people. That may not be worth an even exchange for a $130 million machine. That mm-hmm. you would think that, that liberals would love. Would love. Because right. that shows compassion. That's that's mm-hmm. that is honestly the best message I have heard a president send on on any kind of military action. Mm-hmm. You know, it's either weak or it's too strong. This guy is like, look, we could pound you in the sand, but not a single life was lost on our side. And so I don't want to do anything that's going to cause you to lose life because I don't think that's fair. And I, I think that's. What do they call it? Uh, even response when they say it's proportionate. Uh, yeah, proportionate, proportionate response. That's what they're always. Saying. This mm-hmm. is way out of proportion. And that's what they would have been saying. Yes. Had we done it. Yes. I actually like this. Uh, this uh, call from the president. And I have to tell you something. I am sick and tired of the press wanting it both ways. They were the day before. This guy is reckless. He just wants yep. war. He's just rushing into everything. That's what they were saying up until he he changes his mind. Then it's he's reckless because nobody knows how to view him. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he's he drew a red line in the sand. And now what do our allies think? Now what does Iran think? Because they know they can cross that red line and not get any punishment. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I can't take it. I can't take it. There's no way he can win. No, there's no way. He can and win. what was the, and third, then one? the third one was was the ice deportations this week. Since when are they for deportation? Since when do they want ICE to follow through with deportation? Plus, the the other thing that we found out is the acting director of ICE said that because of the of the leak that they were going to start the deportations, uh, the ICE agents would have been in danger this week. And they went to Trump and told him that. And he didn't want to put the ICE agents in danger. And... The ICE, the acting director of ICE, says that's why he delayed the uh, the deportation move because they knew essentially people knew it was coming. Yeah, they knew, knew they it was were coming. coming. There are some yes. some of them are not maybe 
people who are just here for a better life. Some of them some are of them criminals. Are criminals. Mm-hmm. Uh, so warning them that this is about to happen, probably not the best. Could thing have been dangerous agents. for them. Right. Yeah. So he delayed it. I mean, even if, if you don't necessarily follow the exact, uh, you know, storyline of the Trump administration, right, where you're, you know, like where these things, you know, he makes these big threats and they always work out. At the very least, you, you ha- the, the media knows this dance, right? Trump comes out and he makes a, bra- a bold statement about some mm-hmm. policy. And then he, he use, he's using it, obviously, as a negotiation tactic. And mm-hmm. you, they all know this. Like, they act, they take whatever is the worst interpretation of whatever he says and apply it to that moment. So, like, okay, it's deportations. Well, he's the worst person in the world. He can't, uh, he, he, he wants to get rid of all Hispanics. Oh, my gosh, this guy's basically Hitler. <laughs> and then he says, mm-hmm. all right, I'm not going to do it. And then it's like, well, this guy can't make his mind up. <laughs> right. What is wrong with him? Right. I mean, I thought we needed no, it, these deportations. It's it's, it's crazy. They're almost to the level where they're going to start arguing for the deportations. I yeah. love the I love yeah. the the access to where they absolutely are convinced that he's Adolf Hitler with concentration camps, and he's Adolf Hitler. Look how much he hates immigrants, and yet he's the one going. It's the lowest unemployment rate for Hispanics in the history of America. And yeah. I and I remember Adolf Hitler saying, Und it's the lowest unemployment rate for Jews. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't think that I mean he didn't say that. No, that wasn't his priority. Look at what's happening. And they just dismiss all of that. It's 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 honestly it's like fighting with a five year old. Where the five year old you're like you you see their you see what the five year old's excuse is going to be. You see exactly what they're going to say long before because you were five once and and they keep making this excuse and then keep changing their reasons for why it should you're, it's eventually like you're five. OK, I'm not even arguing with you anymore. That's where the president just needs mm-hmm. to be. I'm just I'm not even arguing with any you anymore because I think he's there it's kind of funny. I, I think I think he's kind of there and and he he doesn't really. And he shouldn't care what the Democrats, because he's never going to please the Democrats. This this was a game that George W. Bush kind of got caught up in. He 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 started to try to please the other side of the equation too. And no, you, no, no. Wait, hang on just a second. It's not that you try to please. It's that you try to appeal to the reasonable people on the left, but the mm-hmm. people uh, not on the left, but in the Democratic Party. Because I tried to do this. Just I'm not trying to I'm not going to appease. I'm not going to change. But I I will try to appeal to the reasonable people out there. But the reasonable people never stand up. No, they right. just never stand up. Yeah. So and it does no good. It to does try no to good. Appeal to it does him. no good. It, it didn't do any good for Bush. They hated his guts even more when he tried to appeal to him. And the same is true for Trump. He, the, you, you can't win that war. Oh, yeah. the, the, the idea that he is the most anti-gay president ever. I, I'm so, well, sick. so ridiculous. I'm so sick of this. He's, he's the only pro-gay marriage president to ever be elected. Because every For other president, time, yeah. Yeah. every other president was against it when they were first elected. And he wasn't like, because I'm running, I better say this. No. No, it was years ago. Years ago. Years he, mm-hmm. He's always been gay friendly. I don't yep. know what you people are talking about. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, you know, the, he's not Elizabeth. Is it Elizabeth Warren that now has come out with this? Yes, uh, reparations, for, reparations gay people. for gay people because they didn't get their yeah. gay marriage ruling fast enough. That's a fascinating one. Uh, but like, you know, this is there's another story that's been going. Do we around. buy everybody toasters? Is I, that I, what we? I don't know. You, like a it's wedding some sort of wedding right. presents. Yeah, that we, it's interesting because <laughs> like, they didn't get tax breaks all this time. She's saying yeah. that they should get now the tax breaks from marriage. Which has never been something the Democrats have ever liked anyway, but apparently uh, now they do because it applies. I don't even know. I can't even understand. This is it. why I, I am against tax breaks for marriage entirely. Oh, yeah. Stop the government shouldn't be in it. Shouldn't be nope, in it at all. Shouldn't be in no. it at all. Um, so there's this viral video that went around on the left this weekend about how uh, the Trump administration is trying to prevent and arguing in court that, uh, that detained immigrants should not get soap or toothpaste. Because that's not the government's role, and of course this is this is this is a concentration camp. I mean, even even in concentration camps, we give soap and toothpaste, and there's people like coming out and saying, "I was detained by Syrians, and they gave me toothpaste." This is unbelievable. <laughs> well, what they don't include in the context of this this video is, of course, that the Trump administration, the government lawyer now in the Trump administration, is arguing a case that was brought up in 2015. It's an Obama administration case that has just continued into the Trump administration. And the government's position is not that they should not give uh, uh, People soap toothpaste. or toothpaste. It's that it's not a, a specific violation of the Flores Agreement. We've talked about that mm -hmm. before over the years, which is one mm -hmm. of the things that set up this idea. So they are trying to talk about a very specific legal thing. It gets tossed out there <laughs> as if it's this Trump violation, but the violation actually occurred during Obama doesn't stop every one of your dumb friends from sharing it, though, with, you know, with the context mm -hmm. of the left that has no idea that this was an Obama problem. This is not a Trump problem. The Trump argument is coming as a continuation of a case that started during the Obama era. But it just doesn't matter. And I don't know, like, we used to, you, you kind of come up with this, well, maybe we'll come up with a logical reason and these people will understand that they're being misled, that they'll see the truth, that they'll see the facts. And There's that, no such thing. It just seems hopeless. I mean, yeah, they just can't. don't care about it. They mm -hmm. care about signaling whatever's inside that makes them feel like they're superior to your Neanderthal grandpa who's that, uh, you know, that horrible white conservative that we all have such distaste for. And they have this, like, that is the motivation. The motivation is never the truth. The motivation isn't for these immigrant families. It's the last thing in the world they cared about as evidence that this thing happened during the Obama administration and none of them even know it. Like, <laughs> I, like I, how could you have clearer it's evidence so that they don't care about these immigrant families? They don't care. It's just a little piece of the puzzle to allow them to show their friends that they're better than everybody in, let's say, this audience. And that's the goal. The goal is not the truth. The goal is not to help a family. The goal is not to protect a woman's right. The None of these things have anything to do with the reasoning behind it, which is just signaling their virtue to everyone else. And that's what's going to, that's, that eventually just comes undone. That just eventually comes undone. Oh. I, I have a, I have a, a something I, I got from the, the New York Times, the Daily. Uh, they sent a reporter over to uh, Germany because they're now uh, in Germany. <laughs> looking for direct democracy and that just goes to mob rule that's just majority rules and uh do they not understand that do they not know that uh we 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 went over to germany to talk to some of these radicals that are trying to get majority rules oh you will mm. not believe this i'm i'm listening to it and i'm thinking <laughs> these people are so stupid 
or so dishonest. I'm not sure which one it is. Is there a combination of the two that could be at play here? Could be. Could be. <laughs> just so stupid that they don't see. And, 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 and at one point, the guys are like, the, the, the New York Times reporter is saying, well, uh, what about uh, the death penalty? That This is very controversial in uh, Germany, death penalty. Uh, if you're against it, apparently because of Hitler, nobody's for the death penalty over there. So they took the most crazy thing that everyone is for. OK, no death penalty and said, what happens if people just voted for uh, uh, the death penalty? And the guy from the group that wants, you know, direct democracy said, well, that's ridiculous. We'd never do that. And then the New York Times is like, well, how do you know that they wouldn't do that? I mean, are you you're saying that you understand your group so much that they will never go that way? Because remember, once you have majority rule, the majority could rule on anything and you can't you can't uh, necessarily stop it. Then you won't be. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Isn't that what you're doing here in America? Yeah, but our side wouldn't be crazy. Oh, Okay. It's really nuts. It's nuts. Thanks, Pat. Pat Gray Unleashed. Get it uh, where you get your podcasts or listen and watch on blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. If you ever used your uh, bank's digital payment service and uh, sent somebody money, listen to this, cyber thieves have now found a way to steal from bank accounts by using this popular banking service. Scammers are using a combination of spoofed phone calls that look like they're coming from the customer's bank, hacks, text messages, and ultimately breaking into consumers' bank accounts and stealing their money. Someone's identity is stolen every two seconds. You could miss your identity being stolen or certain threats that are popping up. That's why there's LifeLock. LifeLock detects a wide range of identity threats, like your social security number being on sale for the dark web. If they detect your information, they're going to send you an alert. And if there is a problem, a U.S.-based restoration specialist is going to work to fix it. Now, nobody can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But join now. Get an extra 10% off your first year by using the promo code BACK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to lifelock.com and use the promo code BACK. Get an extra 10% off now. Promo code BACK. Lifelock.com. Welcome to the uh, Glenn Beck program. I'm, I'm very glad that you're here. Let me go to Kathy in Pennsylvania. Hello, Kathy. Welcome. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Hi. Sue. How are you guys doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, you guys are having this 12th score in three years ago, mm-hmm. and that's beautiful. Can <laughs> I ask you, since you have all the information in front of you now and you're doing the tours, tape the tours, put it in the computer, have the computer type it out, and make a book out of it so it's people who can't be there and are really, really interested in this, can have it on hand? Well, I tell you what, uh, David Barton just called me this weekend and said, Glenn, this is, he said, I, I have been working all weekend on it, and he said, I think this is the most important museum we've done. He said, I think we should make a videotape and make it available for people who can't come. Uh, and so I think we're going to do that. I think we're going to be making a video. And we're also going to do a couple of shows this, is it this week or next week? Uh, on television. So if you're a Blaze subscriber, you'll also get some behind the scenes and some some pieces of it. So we are working in that direction, Kathy. Thank you so much. Sorry you can't be here. And one other thing, uh, a lot of people don't have computers. I'm one of them, and I don't like them. 
interesting. Is it possible to get more of your shows from Blaze TV computer onto the, you know, computer uh, TV with cable network? No, cable is uh, <laughs> no, Mm-mm. not a uh, not a chance on the cable network. Sorry about that, but uh, that's just not the direction that uh, the cable networks are going uh, in our direction. So sorry about that, Kathy. Thank you so much for your phone call. I mean, it's done a lot of. Uh, we do have, of course, carriage on still many, many. Uh, yes, cable companies yes. and satellites uh, as well. So check got, your local listings yeah, for that uh, if you want. If you want to get it, but she's asking for more. Uh, maybe more cable coverage or more stuff on the cable. Yeah, it's weird. Our we do co- we do what we can. Yeah, we do. What we can. <laughs> it's very difficult. Very it's like, complicated. You wouldn't believe how stupidly complex everybody tries to make stuff, uh, but they do. But they do. All right, stand by. Hour number two coming up. I'm Hillary. That's your four minute buzz. And now here's Glenn and Stu at the next hour. Thanks so much, uh, Hillary. Our sponsor this half hour is Relief Factor, 100% drug free, created by doctors. Four key ingredients that helps your body fly, fight against inflammation. Uh, if you have trouble sleeping at night, your neck, shoulder, back, hip, knee pain. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, you have foot pain. What are the things that you can't do anymore? Take a walk, play golf or tennis. Just something simple. Get down on the ground with your kids or your grandkids. Open a jar of pickles. What is it? Get your life back. Three-week quick start right now. Nineteen ninety-five. It's a dollar a day. It's a trial pack. Seventy percent of the people who order that three-week trick to quick start go on to order more month after month. And that says it all. If you want your life back, here's what you do. Go to relieffactor.com. That's relieffactor.com. Or you can call them at 800-583-84. It's relieffactor.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. Wow, Bitcoin is up to 11,000 again. And this time, it is, <clears throat> it is not moving because the average person on the street is doing it. It's moving now because the big investors, something that Tika Tawari talked about and said that it was going to happen months and months and months ago. He's just wrong on the timing, but right in the direction. Now it's at 11,000, and that's because Goldman Sachs and others are now in the Bitcoin business. So now the industrial uh, investors are in. More on that. Also, Biden comparing Trump's election to the assassination of Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy. I don't think that's over the top on the surface, do you? This is the Glenn Beck Program. <sighs> All right. Why is, why is Bitcoin going up? Bitcoin's going up because investors are going into it right now. Why is gold going up? Gold is going up because the world is becoming more and more crazy. Have you seen the, the movement that gold has made recently? You want gold to be really, really stable. You don't want big swings because big swings, if it's got a big swing up, big swings mean things are becoming more crazy. Gold ever gets to $3,000 an ounce. I mean, I don't know if we're going to be talking to each other every day at that point. That, world, that means the world's gone nuts. Gold is going up. The world is going nuts. More and more so every day. That's why gold is going up. I want you to find out if gold or silver is right for you. Uh, they've, they've been in business for 50 years, but their technology is absolutely today's. They now have the largest North American physical precious metals merchant. Um, 
they are now the largest physical uh, merchant for gold uh, on any place, you know, from any place else. That this means they can buy things that others can't get. This means that they have facilities, including their secured storage facility. They have new IRA options. They have a portal for online trading. You can find out exactly what your portfolio is worth now. Check out the website. Uh, call them. If you're looking to invest in gold or silver, these are the only people that I trust. They've been in business, like I said, for 50 years. And in this business, you don't stay in business that long unless you're good. They are. They're the best, and they're trustworthy. It's Goldline. Read their important risk information, goldline.com. That's goldline.com. Or call them now. They're waiting for your phone call. Ask them just to send you out some brochures on some, some stuff that you can look into. Times are getting more dicey. 866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. Before I get to Biden, Stu, quickly, your thoughts on uh, on 11,000 in Bitcoin. It's pretty, uh, pretty interesting. I don't remember tulips after they crashed coming back to what yeah. more than half of their value. Yeah. Uh, you know, like people always like, well, it was at 19,000 and everyone lost their money. It was at 19,000 for one day, literally one day. It was above 18,000 for literally three days. I mean, I, you, it was above 70,000 for literally five days. There were a couple days that if you bought at the absolute worst time, you got hit pretty hard. However, now, I mean, there's only, it only spent 51 days over 11,000 in the entire quote unquote bubble. Mm. So, you know, we're talking, you go back to just over a month. Well, yeah, basically not, not even, yeah, yeah uh, not even two, not months. even two months. So unless you mm-hmm. bought at the absolute peak of the bubble, you are up on Bitcoin. That is not something you could say about tulips. This is not something you could say about uh, a lot of this stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, yes, it did crash and hopefully you didn't sell then. You know, some people did. And, uh, you know, we cautioned against that. Uh, Who knows what's going to happen in the future. But, I mean, you're talking about something that was at the beginning of 2017 was under $1,000. You know, go find the stocks out there that you could have made 11 times your money in that period and even if you bought, I mean, we're talking about October 2017, you're still up dramatically. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in, 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 now remember, it peaked in December 2017. Okay, that was when you had the one day at 19,000. Everybody talks about as if people only purchased on that day mm-hmm. and they got killed. Uh, but if you go back to October 2017, it started the month at 4,000. Now, so you've base almost tripled your money if you bought two months before the absolute peak even if you bought in november 2017 let's say mid-november you're at seven thousand, so you're still up 50 percent i mean well, how so many- i'm actually really glad that this this happened because you remember at the peak for that 30-day period people were mortgaging their houses yeah to buy bitcoin that that's when you knew this is crazy this is this is going to end when it becomes a fervor, it's not going to last that like that. And then people get burned. And usually it crashes and then goes away. I don't know anything that had a, such a spectacular crash as Bitcoin and now is up to 11,000. From 4,000 to from 19 to 4 
to back to 11. And this one has gone unnoticed. This yeah, one is not, not related. No, this is mm-hmm. not the people who are, you know, writing. Are you in Bitcoin? You got to get in Bitcoin. This is crazy. These are this is exactly what we said would happen. The in in, in institutional uh, money would drive the price down. They would say, oh, no, we don't believe in it. And it would they would do everything they could to knock it back down until they could get in. Now they've built all of their all of their desks. They all have trading in it now. And now the institutional investors can make money. So now Goldman Sachs, et cetera, et cetera, JP Morgan Chase. Now they can make money on Bitcoin. And that's where this is coming from. This is from institutional investors. They don't move quickly like that. They didn't they didn't they're not driven by hype. They're driven by long-term stability. And now that they're all going into it, they all suddenly believe in, in cryptocurrency and in particular Bitcoin. So now is the time that you're going to start to see solid moves on Bitcoin. And who knows? I, I honestly, you, know, you never know with this stuff. It is very speculative. Um, but uh, you know, you, part of the reason why you know, Facebook is obviously at some level embracing cryptocurrency, and that's been a big reason that's why it's been driving in the really. news. Yeah. Uh, I'm reading a Ben Mesrick's new book, which is great, and it's uh, about essentially the the Winklevoss twins. Mm-hmm. Remember them? Mm-hmm. They they were mm-hmm. you know one of the people who basically started Facebook. Let's be honest about it. I mean, like I I mean you know Zuckerberg came in later to help with programming, basically stole the whole thing, launched it without their knowledge while he was employed by the twins, right? And and it's like. And then, by the way, later on, text messages and, and, and instant messages come out that basically prove the case that he was absolutely screwing them behind the scenes. So he takes control of the company. He makes all of this money, billions and billions of dollars. They get, I think it was $65 million settlement off of this, which, you know, again, you don't feel too bad for them in that case. But this was basically their idea, and they were paying him to build it. And Zuckerberg wound up taking the whole thing. So they get portrayed as like these two sort of doofy twins, right? Like, uh, you know, they're blue bloods. Mm -hmm. uh, Who cares about them? Mm -hmm. Well, not only did they basically create Facebook first, when they got their settlement uh, against everybody's advice, they kept most of it in Facebook stock. They didn't take cash. They took it in stock, which they turned that 65 million into like 500 million. Okay. Then they went out and tried to do all these tech investments, uh, and they were blocked. No one in in uh, in you know Silicon Valley wanted to do business with them because they knew, well, their goal was to get bought by Facebook, so they can't do business with the Winklevoss twins because mm-hmm. you know Zuckerberg would never have it. So they come back to New York, wind up just getting in at, uh, and figuring out that they wanted to get into Bitcoin. They start acquiring Bitcoin at seven dollars a coin. Seven it is now worth eleven thousand dollars a coin. They actually put in. Uh, they believe they had the largest stake of anyone in the entire market. About one percent of all Bitcoin oh available. Oh my gosh! Okay. Oh my gosh! Uh, and they, I mean, are pouring money into it as it's going up from seven to ten to thirty to seventy dollars a coin, and pouring money into it. Buy a Bitcoin company, or that you know, invest heavily in a Bitcoin company that's helping make these transitions. I mean, at some point, do you get the idea that maybe these guys are just really smart? Like maybe these twins that have been like sort of like mocked over this long period of time for being these oh these hapless guys that lost Facebook like morons. Like wait a minute, these guys 
have basically launched two revolutions. Yeah, but 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 let me ask you this. See, this is why we don't judge people, uh, you know, uh, on the, uh, you know, on the surface, mm-hmm. because put yourself back in, let's say, 2001. You're in your office and uh, and your secretary calls in and says, uh, Mr. Begeer, mm-hmm. uh, I have a Mr. Zuckerberg and the <laughs> Winklevoss twins on line three. Mm hmm. You immediately say, uh, is this a joke? <laughs> no, they're serious. The Winklevoss twins and Mr. Zuckerberg, very serious. You don't take the call because you just think there's a cloud show. Right. It, you don't take a yeah. Zuckerberg or Winklevoss seriously. Yeah, that's not a good way to make no. your investment decisions, <laughs> judging no. by if you think no. the last name sounds funny. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But now they've got a little record. And so a Winklevoss Oh, calls, yeah. you don't make fun of the name. I got to imagine now people are, are absolutely happy to take their calls. Yeah. Right? At this <laughs> point. It, yeah, yeah. I think I'm happy to take their call. If they ever. <laughs> Mr. Beck, yes. Winklevoss twins are on the line. I'll take that call. Yes, I'll take that. <laughs> you going to buy more Bitcoin? Did you buy more? I have bought, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a. You never. You are a spy. You are funding some Canadian terrorist organization that just... Canadian like, terrorists are pretty lackadaisical. Right. Uh-huh. They, like, throw mm-hmm. they like throw maple syrup at pancakes. You know, they'll go into an international house of pancakes. We're against this internationalism of, of the globalist uh, agenda of international house of pancakes. Uh-huh. And you throw maple syrup on people's pancakes. That, but you're funding it. It's a delicious terrorist group. Yes, I will is. say that. Uh, let me tell you about our... Uh, our sponsor is Relief Factor. Millions of Americans have had their pain changed, uh, and it has changed the quality of life because of Relief Factor. And I'm one of those people. I've met people uh, who are in this audience that started taking Relief Factor, and it has changed their life. People have told me stories how they were hopeless because their lives had cascaded into a, a fog of heavy medication, uh, and that led to horrible you know, uh, consequences. Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to spend your whole life in pain? Relief Factor clients are people who just can't enjoy taking a walk or playing golf or being with their kids anymore. And the results are the same. They get their life back. 70% get their life back. I started taking Relief Factor. It's helped me with my pain. Feel the best I have in six years. 100% drug-free. Created by doctors. Get your life back with Relief Factor. Get their three-week quick start for only nineteen ninety-five. If you're in pain, all you have to lose is the pain. Go now. ReliefFactor.com. That's ReliefFactor.com. We pause for 10 seconds. Station ID. Now, let me get to uh, Joe Biden. Uh, here's some uh, audio of uh, of Joe Biden uh, saying that the Donald Trump election night was a little like something else in history. Listen, people get out of jail. The idea we give them 25 bucks and a buck ticket, a bus ticket to go under a bridge. So they but they don't qualify for public housing. They don't qualify for food. They don't qualify for for uh, um, Pell Grants. That's crazy. We should be doing the opposite. 
You know, Rev, you've been calling, I've been calling for a long time. There should be job training in prisons, not training people how to be criminals. There's so much we can do, and it's within our capacity to do it. That's the interesting thing. And I think what's happening now is I think that uh, Donald Trump may have reawakened uh, sensibilities in this country to say, whoa, maybe we can do this now. Just like our generation was awakened when Dr. King and Bobby Kennedy were assassinated. A lot, whole generation said, I'm back in, man. These millennials, they get it, man. Yeah. And now they want to get in. They get it, man. They get it, these millennials. They get it, man. Wow, man. It's like when our generation, man, woke up, man. You know, man? Because I, I really hate the, you know, the argument that you should get in trouble for comparing things. Like, they'll always be like, oh, you know, Glenn Beck compares... You know Nancy Pelosi to Nazis, and like, the, like Wait. You're, and you'll be like, okay, and you're like, well, what's what did he say? And he said, well, I don't think that you should have this policy because you know one of the reasons why. I mean, this has happened before. Like, this is the first step down this road, and and we shouldn't go down the road anywhere near these things. And you know, like, like you're making an analogy, and of course, when you're making a point, right? One of the things you do is go to the most extreme level of that, right? Like, it's to set the precedent that the argument is theoretically possible, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you were to say, well, I don't want any government intervention, right? I never want war. Well, what about World War II? Right. That doesn't mean you're comparing whatever conflict you're talking about now to World War mm-hmm, II. Mm-hmm. You're trying to set the precedent that, in theory, you might be for war, actually, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I usually hate that argument. Here, though, he really is just comparing it. He's saying think, there are certain things in our history that get people started, and this should be considered on the same level, Right, he's saying people as people the assassination. Are getting, now think you know. of this. Think of this. My my father told me. I asked him one time, "What were the 1960s like, Dad?" And he said, "Well, they were different because the vast majority of people were still, you know, on a sane side, and so we kind of all stood around watching our television sets, going, this is crazy. What's happening to our country?'" Um, he said, "It wasn't. It wasn't as universal." Uh, as it looked. Now, he's giving a Pacific Northwest kind of analogy for him, uh, which didn't have a lot of a lot of that. Um, but he he even talked about, he said, when Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King were shot and Malcolm X, he said, we thought the whole world was coming undone. He said, it just felt like everything was coming undone. Now, he's just put the assassination of Martin Luther King, the civil rights icon, and Robert Kennedy, another icon, the assassination of those two, into the same category as Donald Trump winning an election. As saying that's as shocking, and it shocked the system. Do you really think that it was as shocking as Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy's assassination? And by the way, what did those assassinations do? Between that and what happened at Candlestick Park, uh, the left kind of fell apart. The left kind of fell apart. It was kind of the beginning of the end of the radicalized movement because people had had enough. It had enough. So... Is, are you implying that 
when you woke up, because what he's saying is people woke up to that and yeah. they decided to stand up. Be more active. Be more active. No, actually, normal people stood up and said, yeah, okay, we got to stop this. This is, this is craziness, what's going on. The Civil Rights Act was already moving forward. The Civil Rights Act was done in 1964. So we had already moved that that barrier. We were moving forward. And the people led the politicians on that as correct, well. Correct. Correct. And it didn't take the assassination of Martin Luther King or Robert Kennedy. That happened four years before they started shooting people. I mean, the best version of his point is essentially you get to this idea that things are good racially, right? And things are fine and then there's an assassination and you're like wow people really do hate you know minority figures Mm -hmm. and then you have another assassination people really do hate uh other people and then this is kind of what i think he's saying which is we got lulled into sleep by the wonderful obama years and this is coming from joe biden Mm -hmm. um and then we realized that oh wow we haven't passed these race issues donald trump got elected and so we need to get active again of course we had you know we and we pointed this out at the time the obama election came at a time where i think we had really had moved past a lot of those things not yeah. because of obama's election because people don't care people don't care what your stupid skin it's your skin color who cares like why, how anyone could make a decision yeah. based on that and in any way by the way that includes um things like affirmative action mm-hmm. and all of these other things which you don't make uh, you don't make decisions based on skin color. Thought it was something we all agreed on. And then Obama gets into office, and it's the constant focus. He's constantly highlighting racial divides. He spends eight years telling us how much white people hate black people. When I I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying there's no racism. Of course there is. But, like, generally speaking, I mean, uh, you know, I don't have – I mean – I the don't see it, and I should not. see it. I'm, in, I'm a conservative in Texas. Shouldn't I see racism all yes. the time? And, you know, I, you talk to, uh, we have David Harris on, on, uh, on uh, News and Why It Matters today, and he made this point yesterday. It's like, we're not victims here. He's African-American, if you don't know him. And he's like, we, we stop calling us victims. Stop making us out to be victims. We don't need reparations from you. We, we need to be able to do the things that we want to do. We need to be able to live our lives without your involvement in them. If we don't want your involvement in them, we don't need the government getting in our way. And, you know, that, that is, I think, where the average African-American is, right? Like, I, we want to be able to do our thing, stop you know, getting in our way. And yet this is constantly highlighted by the media. It, it's like as if the only thing that anyone cares about are racial divides to the point that even Joe Biden is on the wrong side of it on the Democratic Party, that even Pete Buttigieg is on the wrong side of it. Mm-hmm. You can't even be... A, a, a liberal white person who says every single one of these arguments is true and uh, and push for basically reparations. He, that's not even enough. There's nothing that's enough. And that's the lesson here is like you can't you, these are the, the, the extreme elements of these movements are not able to be reasoned with. Wow, that monologue was almost I feel like we just witnessed the crucifixion crucifixion of Jesus Christ there. I don't know. Well, well, I don't that think that hatred imperative. was just crazy. I think hmm. you'll see the results <laughs> of of that as the storm clouds oh. gather. <laughs> You're listening to Glenn Beck. Okay, the one thing I found out yesterday car shield can't uh, cover is um tires. Yesterday I had two blown out tires. I was in Amarillo. I'm on my way home. 
two. It was happy. It was happy times. Mm. It was happy times. You bet. You bet. It was. You know, one of those was good. Son, I'm going to show you how to change a tire. I'm not going to show you. I'm going to talk you through it. It's for your own good. Two of them? No. Don't have two spare tires. Anyway, um, you can get uh, service for anything. When When your check engine light goes on, your car breaks down. I was thinking about taking a, like a, I don't know, sledgehammer to the engine just to get it. I don't know what happened, but Car Shield, you can come pick me up now. Uh, car Shield has the uh, tow truck. They have the rental car while yours is in the shop. They have absolutely everything that you need, including the coverage. If your car is 5,000, 150,000 miles uh, and it's out of warranty, get the extended coverage you need now. From carshield.com. Call 800 car 6000, 800 car 6000, or carshield.com. Use the promo code BECK and save 10%. Go to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Sign up for your subscription to Blaze TV. Save 10 bucks when you use the promo code Glenn. The biggest independent country music star in the history of country music, in the history of music. Uh, is coming up in uh, just a second. Uh, he's coming up in about half an hour. He's got a new album out. And uh, believe it or not, I think some of the songs were written with you in mind. Uh, and we'll get into that coming up in next half hour. Aaron Watson uh, joins us here in our studios. Um, let me go through a couple of things. Uh, first of all, uh, Biden has kind of doubled down on the segregationists. Um he he says he misses. Well, here, let me play. Here's Biden. Welcome, South Carolina, to uh, hearing from all of us. And we're happy to all to be here. The only thing I miss is my buddy Fritz Hollins. He was one of my mentors. And I'm I'm sorry he's oh not gosh. here. Oh, my gosh. He believed in segregation. Um, Remember Trent Lott, that controversy from years oh, yeah. ago? Where he yeah. said, who mm-hmm. was it? Even Strom It was Thurman? Strom Thurmond. Yeah. yeah. He was like, Strom Thurmond was, I don't know. Like 147th birthday party. Right. It really was. He was in a wheelchair. <laughs> he couldn't even, like that. Yeah. And, and Trent Lott stood up and said, you know, you know, there's lots of things. He's been a great senator for a long time and lots of things. If we would have done what he said, you know, maybe the country would have been off and been a lot better. <gasps> you mean like segregation? <laughs> no. You mean the one thing that he said was really bad? Yeah. That thing? Is yeah. that what you're saying? No, well, that's no, not that's what things. I... Well, that you no, you didn't. And then they threw him out of his leadership position. Now, Trent Lott sucks in a million ways, yeah, and no, I'm yeah. glad he's out of the Senate, uh, but not like the way that he was. No. Uh, you know, I wanted him to be defeated by somebody better. Um, but the uh, they threw him out because they made this sort of fake controversy. Does Biden have to deal with that now? I mean, I guess he kind. This is their version of doing it. This kind of, sort of. Like yeah, he's sort of learned his lesson. He gets up and he's like, "Hey, by the way, remember that racist you guys said to command? I miss him. He was my mentor." <laughs> but that's going to be okay. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, uh, Corey yeah. Booker's going to surely point this out, though. Corey's trying to make a name for himself. He's been basically invisible throughout the primary. So his his claim to fame right now is he's the one calling out Biden most but doing, loudly. But he's doing it like this, not really loudly. You know, yeah. I just I most publicly oh I suppose. Oh my, he's just I'm so concerned. Mm. Uh, you know, he's got to learn from things like this. 
and I'm the one to teach him. Yeah, he needs to apologize. Yeah. And, and Biden's like, I'm not going to apologize to you for this. I mean, his initial comments were basically, I want to work across the aisle, and I'll have to do it with people that I, I, I think have terrible opinions, which he said. But, but shouldn't, we, shouldn't we do that? Shouldn't we be... Aren't, can't we talk to people that we think have bad ideas? Can't we work with them on some things? Right. I mean, that's the way it's supposed to be, right? Uh, it's interesting because he's going to be in the middle of this debate and he's Biden's going to be asked about this. And I think if I were him, I would say, look, every day we come out here on the campaign trail, all of us, and we say Republicans are really bad on climate change. They're really bad on race relations. They're really bad on women's rights and gay rights and income inequality and all the things that we say have really damaging uh, outcomes for the American people. I believe that stuff. Do you not believe it? Because I believe that these things are really bad for America. And yet, I'm going to still work with Republicans. I know, Corey, you just worked with the Trump administration on criminal justice reform. Do you not believe any of the things that you say about the Trump administration? Because you say really bad things about him. You, you accuse them of terrible things. I think things. you should stop this monologue right now because I don't want him to use this because I think this is a very effective <laughs> argument. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it because, is. And it's actually a way for Biden to kind of get to the left of all of these people in the primary, which would benefit him, but also show that he's willing to work across the aisle. Because I think what it really reveals more than anything else if you're really thinking about it, is that, you know, Democrats are just saying these things about Republicans. They're saying that tax cuts only benefit the rich. They're just saying all of these things, and they don't actually mean them. I mean, you know, the, the climate change thing, I mean, segregation is really bad, okay? One of the worst things that I can think of, racism, awful, right? We all know this. However, if you were going to accuse someone of something terrible, uh, destroying the entire human population for oil company <laughs> profits is almost worse, isn't it? Right. I, mean, I think it the might very be. very least, it's I on the it same level. I, I think, think it might be. And if you're going to make that case, you can't then say this, Mr. Cory Booker, uh, about Louis Farrakhan. Listen to this. Would you be willing to have an audience with him concerning that subject? You know, I, I have met, I live in Newark, so we have famous mosques 25, we have Nation of Islam there. As mayor, I met with lots of folks, uh, talked to them. I've heard Minister Farrakhan's speeches uh, for a lot of my life, so I don't feel like I, I need to do that, but I'm not one of these people that says I wouldn't sit down with anybody hmm. here. So wait, so wait, say, Joe Biden, a- Joe Biden, in 1972, you shouldn't have sat down with any Democrats, you're a Democrat, they're Democrats. You shouldn't sit down with any Democrats that were segregation, uh, segregation minded. Mm-hmm. Don't don't do that. No, can't do that. But today, oh, I'm a, I'll meet with anybody. I mean, Louis Farrakhan. Wait, what? <laughs> what? I mean, how? I mean, look, Cory Booker is not good at this. No. But th- how transparent is this? Yeah. I mean, Booker has tried to sell himself as someone who does work across the aisle mm-hmm. while accusing Republicans of wanting to literally wipe out every single human being on the planet because of climate change. It's okay to work with someone who's doing that, but it's not okay back in the day to work with someone inside your own party. I'm glad you pointed that out, Glenn. Inside your own party who's a segregationist. Uh, that is... I mean, these things are so transparently just political arguments to try to win this primary. Know, they can't sick. possibly believe anyone thinks that they actually believe it. But it's treated that way because right now, the media wants Biden to do poorly. They don't want this to be the case 
when it, he get if if he gets the nomination and he's going against Trump, every one of these little controversies will just go by and they'll excuse all of them. But right now they think, well, we could get Kamala Harris, we could get uh, we could get Elizabeth Warren, we could get Bernie Sanders. Let's go after Joe Biden and make every one of his comments look like the worst thing possible. I mean, the guy was, and I, I brought this point up before, Barack Obama and every single person who's elected president uh, or is running for president seriously and wins a nomination gets, in effect, a one-person presidential election. They are able to select the person they think is most qualified to run the country other than themselves, right? Barack Obama with every human being on earth uh, that was born in the United States and at least is a natural-born citizen, is able to choose from anyone over 35 and selects Joe Biden. So you have to believe that Barack Obama thinks that Joe Biden is not a racist. Would you not? Would you think that Obama believes that Biden is not a racist? Yes. I think he probably does. So what are you accusing Obama of? You're accusing Barack Obama of being a giant racist who hates black people? I, I mean, I, the, the, the mental gymnastics that, the, that, that identity politics forces you into, they're incomprehensible. So listen to these gen- mental gymnastics. So I'm driving yesterday. Uh, the last two days we were coming uh, down across the Rocky Mountains, which was an incredible experience. Mm. Um, uh, I-70, uh, I went up to Idaho across I-70, and it is... Truly a wonder of the world. It really is. Uh, the engineering, it started in the 1950s. Do you know that they didn't finish that highway through the Rocky Mountains until the 1990s? <laughs> 1990s? Wow. Now, the same it thing's is, happening in a construction project out in front of my house. Uh, <laughs> yes, I know that. I know that. <laughs> but it is an engineering masterpiece. I mean, it is, it is a wonder of the world. It really is. Then on the way back, I go through... Uh, um, on I think it's I or not I I think it's a uh, highway 50 uh, over the monarch pass and it's another incredible incredible thing but we're listening to music and my daughter gets a day to pick all of the music okay so we're listening to all these musicals and we're listening to Shrek the musical have you ever listened to that no okay there's a, there's there's one song on there called freak flag okay now listen to this because <laughs> This was written for a show in the 90s, 1999, maybe. Okay, now listen to this and tell me if this is even politically correct now, if this song shouldn't be protested. Okay, and by the way, nobody, of course, that did this or is currently doing this sees any irony at all. Okay, listen to this. Listen up, puppet. We spent our whole lives wishing and we're not uh, wishing we weren't so freaking strange. They make us feel the pain, but it's they who need to change the way they think that is. It's time to stop the hiding. It's time to stand up tall, saying, hey, world, I'm different. I'm here, splinters and all. Let your freak flag wave. My what? Let your freak flag wave. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. Never take it down. Never take it down. Raise it up high. Let your freak flag fly. Let it fly, fly, fly. Okay. Now, who are the strange ones now? Who are the ones that are being called strange every step of the way? Conservatives, religious people, people who voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh, just want you to know Broadway would like you to fly your freak flag. 
Trump supporters. So fly it. Fly, fly, fly. Let it fly. Let it let it well, hoist the, it up high. Let it fly. The right kind of freak flag. Right. I know. Mm-hmm. Um, Humpty Dumpty then says, you ready? It's hard not to be a puppet. So many strings attached. Humpty Dumpty says, but it's not the choice you make. It's just how you were hatched. Oh, no, 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 no. Hold on just a second here, Humpty Dumpty. Hold on. You're saying that it's not the choice you make. It's how you were hatched? Huh. See, I don't think so, Humpty. And I don't think all the king's men and all the king's horses can put you back together again after something that hateful. You're saying that it's how you were born, not a choice. I thought that was the way you were. That was isn't that what Lady Gaga told us was the right thing? Well, L- now Lady, Lady Gaga, the, if that's she true, said I born should... this way, right? I mean, that's mm. the whole argument. It's mm-hmm. supposed to be about how yeah, you're born. Yeah, well, it's not how you're born. It's not how you're born. You can make a choice. Don't. Oh, because that because that was gender. That was on the gay issue. Was yes. born this way, but the yes. transgender issue is the is, correct. Well, Correct. I think with, and with gay, you can choose. You can choose anything you want. It's not born anymore. It's not born anymore. It's not born I because I mean, you know what's really outdated too in this context is the mm-hmm. is the term sexual preference. Mm-hmm. Like there used to be a time in which you said I prefer uh, yes. women and that's yes. okay, and you prefer yes. men and that's okay. That's yes. no longer the case either. It's not about a preference. Yes, it's about uh, something completely different now. You can't say that because then you're saying, well, you there was an article that came out the other day that said if you are not attracted and would not date a transgendered person, you're hateful. You're hateful. You're hateful because if you just think, yeah, it's not my thing. No, thanks. That means you're a hater. Yeah. That you, uh, yeah. you, you despise. So you have to be initiated. People. It's um, I think we've talked about this before. You must participate. You must participate. If you don't participate, well, then you have to be stopped. Mm. Uh, but the song goes on. Yes, it all makes sense. We may be freaks, but we, we're freaks with teeth, claws, and magic wands. And together we can stand up to Farquad. never take it down, raise it up high. We've got magic. We've got power. Who are they to say we're wrong? All the things that make us special, all the things that make us strong. What makes us special? What makes us special makes us strong. Let your freak flag wave. Never take it down. Raise it up high. Let your freak flag fly, fly, fly. Mm. So if you are deemed in the society a freak, Broadway would like you to know that what makes you strong is your freakiness. That you are different than everyone else. That the majority doesn't rule. Now, they don't live by that. Uh, and they're trying to actually change the Constitution so majority does rule. But their songs, before they are banned, uh, I'm sure, because that is a hateful, hateful song now, uh, is in- encouraging you, no matter what it is that makes you different, to stand together, because that's what makes you strong. American Financing. You have a dream of buying a home, raising a family. People said the American dream was over. Well, that's not the American dream, but that is a nice dream to have. It looked like the American dream, uh, if that was your definition of it, was over in 2008. But fast forward now, 
Remarkable how we have already come full circle. Federal Reserve has kept interest rates so low that most Americans can't afford to buy their own home now. The sharks that helped create the mess in 08 are also back with a vengeance. Zero down payments, programs, grants, all kinds of way to buy a home right now. You need an advocate that can look at you and look at your whole history and what you want to do and find the right loan for you. American Financing is the only company for mortgages that I have ever endorsed. I don't, uh, I don't like mortgage companies because they usually work for the bank. They don't work for the bank to sell you a loan. They work for you to make sure that they find the right loan that will serve your interest and your goals. Might be a great time to buy a new house. Might be a great time to refinance. Find out for sure by getting free mortgage reviews right now. Only it will take you 10 minutes. Just go to AmericanFinancing.net right now, AmericanFinancing.net, or call them at 800-906-2440. 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing Corporation, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Looks like we have a good ruling that could possibly mean really good things for um, uh, the Redskins. We'll get into that tomorrow. There's more rulings coming down from the Supreme Court. We're really looking forward to see what they have to say about the census. And we'll get to that as soon as it uh, comes down. Aaron Watson is coming up in just a second. Also, don't forget that our museum opens up this Saturday, and we would really encourage you to come. This is a very powerful uh, pop-up museum. It's 12 score and three years ago. It is comparing America's past to uh, where we are right now. And if you've got a problem with the founders, oh, you might have a problem with yourself and others by the time you're finished uh 12 score and three years ago uh very powerful uh, museum and we really really want you to come and see this particular pop-up museum here at my studios and i'll be here for all of the tours i'd love to say hello meet you and the family it's 12 scores three years ago and you can get your tickets now at mercuryone.org mercuryone.org also get your fine looking t-shirts and hats 12 score three years ago listening to glenn beck I'm Hillary. That's your four-minute buzz. And now here's Glenn and Stu with the last hour of the show. Okay, coming up in a few minutes, we have Mr. Aaron Watson joining us. Uh, also, I want to tell you quickly about our crews that we're taking. Bill O'Reilly's going to be there, Rabbi Lappin, uh, David Barton. I'll be there. Stu will be there. It's happening next spring. We are taking about 10 days, four different options for you. But in a nutshell, we're going to begin in Venice. Then we're selling, uh, sailing to Croatia, Greece, and then Israel. We're giving the history of all of these places as we go. So we'll talk to you about the republic and why there's a difference between the republic and a democracy in the place where those were, were founded in, in Athens. It's going to be something that you will never be able to do again. It's Cruise Through History. Just uh, visit ComeSailAway.com to learn more. That's ComeSailAway.com and learn more about this once-in-a-lifetime trip uh, next spring. It's all-inclusive. You, you don't have to ever take out your wallet for anything, including the airfare. It's all taken care of in, uh, in one lump, and it's ComeSailAway.com. Join us. Aaron Watson is coming up next. The fusion of entertainment and the 
enlightenment. There are so many problems in our world today. We're at each other's throats. We're we're being told you can't do it. Uh, we're being called racist and all kinds of names. Is there a solution? Yeah, it's actually pretty simple. And it's coming from a surprising source, I think, whether he knows it or not. And we'll talk to him next. This is the Glenn Beck Program. In 60 seconds. But first, let me tell you uh, uh, about the USCCA. We live in difficult times, and God forbid you ever have to use your gun. Um, But if you do, you need somebody there that is going to protect you now. I mean, once the shooting stops, now the guys with the briefcases come in and they may be even more dangerous to your family and to your life. The um, uh, the the people at the USCCA are the ones who are going to defend you once the shooting stops. But they also will help you. They have a they have a complete mass shooting survival guide and audiobook. If you want it, it's absolutely free. I mean, I, I can't believe we we live in a time where we have to think like this, but you should uh, text the word Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, to the number 87222 right now. Get your free guide, your free audio book, uh, what we really know about mass shootings. And God forbid, if you're ever in one, how to survive one. Proven strategies for stopping shooters and more. All you have to do is text Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, to the number 87222 and get your free guide from the USCCA. Mr. Aaron Watson is uh, joining us now. In case you don't know uh, Aaron and you're a country music fan, where have you been? Aaron Watson is the most successful independent artist, I think, of any genre of all time. Definitely. I, definitely. I like that. I like this. I'll go with that. Yeah. Is it just country or is it any? Well, I, I like genre. the. I like just saying any <laughs> genre. That sounds so much better. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? You could throw worldwide. Yeah. Worldwide. Universal. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I th- But I think you are. Thank you. I think you are. It's good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. You've been working hard getting this uh, new CD ready. It's called Red Bandana. Yes, sir. And uh, I listened to all of it. I, I called you what? Four weeks ago? Yes. Yeah. You released a couple of songs. Mm-hmm. I used to be a program director of music stations, uh, and um, I, I was fairly good at picking uh, hits. Uh, I don't know if I could do that anymore, but I heard a song on this uh, CD when you only replaced, you know, you only released a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's called Kiss the Kiss Girl. That Girl Goodbye. Kiss, yeah. I think it is a smash. Thank you. If people will play it on radio. If they'll play it. It's a smash. Thank uh, you. Play, can we play just a little bit of uh, Kiss Kiss That Girl? Goodbye. Well, it's pretty much understood. Rainy days are just no good for leaving. No need mixing misery and jam. So it goes for icy days, heartache and slick highways. No time to wait, you're gonna break if you bend and bend again. But a fresh new start will warm your heart like the sun breaking through a cloudy sky. If ever was a good day, it's the day that boy can kiss that girl goodbye. Just like a red-eyed flight, do tell I 
is that is <laughs> that is the hook of the year. Thank I mean, you. That is amazing. Great. You know, my my daughter, she's nine, and when she was mm. listening to the album, I said, "Girl, what do you think the first single should be?" And she was like, "Um, kiss that girl goodbye." <laughs> So she was, and that girl. She's right. Oh, she's she, absolutely right. You'll sing that all day. I heard that the first time. I, my wife and I were in the car driving, and we must have played it six times. I in love a row. it. I love it. It was just great. You know, it. I've had I had so much fun making this album. I really feel like as a songwriter, I'm catching my stride. I think so too. And I poured my heart into all twenty of these songs. Some of them are lighthearted, like that one right there. That's lighthearted. It's fun. There's. May I just say, first of all, you're the first person to put twenty songs on a CD, all penned by you since Alan Jackson. Alan Jackson, right? yeah. Okay, so nobody does this. This is. I'm a fan of yours. I listen to your albums. I know you've you've been around forever, so I don't know necessarily all your old stuff, but I yeah. I know your last four. Yeah, this is different somehow. Yeah, this one's different, and I think better. I think it's your best one. Thank yet. you. Um, but I noticed that there is there's two there's two sides to this. Yeah. Uh, one is uh, one is just fun, just mm-hmm. fun, lots of fun stuff. And others are really deeply feel personal and heartfelt, even a different sound in in some Mm. ways. Am I right? You're right. You're right. What happened? I think as I've gotten older, I'm I'm more confident letting people know that I don't have it all together. And um, can we go to a song? Because you just said, yeah, let me see. It is trying like the devil. Yeah. Let me just let me just play a little bit of this and I want you to listen to the lyrics. Because I think it's I don't know what you were thinking. Yeah. But it's an interesting set of lyrics. Well that golden halo doesn't go so well with my red bandana and blue jeans. God knows when I'm good, I'm good, and when I'm good is seldom so it seems. So they say fools play with fire I'm trying my best to not get burned While I soak myself in gasoline One would think by now I might have learned But I've never learned No, I'm not the man they think I am It weighs heavy on my heart and mind Yes, I stumble every step along the way Like a wano who can't walk the line It's like Todd go walking on a windy day There's heaven in her eyes and hell to pay And I'm solid as a rock and sink and sand Trying like a devil to be a good man So what were you thinking when you are writing this? Why um, did you... Because this, this is a... You know, the next verse goes, So beware of broken glass, should you stare into the window of my soul. Mm. And judge me not, I only bear it all, so you know that you are not alone. And I think everybody, my wife, she's amazing. She's the closest thing to perfect that I know. She never gets mad. I've never heard her say one harsh word. You've never loaded the dishwasher then? Well, 
Because I've every time I load the dishwasher, yeah. I get a harsh word. That's yeah. not the way. Yes. You don't put this on the bottom, and you don't put this on the top. Yes. That okay. All right. Excluding okay. that. All right. Okay. I good. thought that was just assumed with every man. <laughs> All right. Good. I I thought so too, but I thought maybe she was the freak in the <laughs> yeah in, yeah in, in, the, in unicorn, the unicorn the yeah, unicorn right. Um, I wanted to write a song. I, I don't know if I was feeling depressed. I don't know if I was tired. But I, I'm I'm very much I like to write how I feel, mm-hmm. and I've always been like that. But I've only shared usually the positive moments on albums, mm-hmm. and I think that's in some ways taken the heart out of some of my earlier albums. This uh, this song, trying like the devil. Um, there was a local boy who committed suicide. He was one week away from becoming an Eagle Scout, mm. and his. Everyone just said they never knew that this boy was experiencing such pain. Pain, And his dad put something on Facebook that just said, I wish people would be more open and honest about their struggles. I wish celebrities and singers would, would, would be more, would be more honest on social media, not just put forth this fake, perfect. Yeah imagery you know and and i wrote that song because i was like you know what people need to understand that like i try to be a good husband and i try to be a good dad but i fall short but i keep trying and i think that's the biggest thing is you've got to keep trying and i put this song out and then two weeks ago we played the grand Ole opry and a a soldier uh, and he and his wife came to see me play and he said he struggled with PTSD and he has had, uh, he had, he said, I have suicidal tendencies is what he said. And he said, this song, trying like the devil, I listen to it every morning and it gets me in the right frame of mind that mm-hmm. like, it's okay. I'm not alone in this. Cause I think that's what I think we all want to be viewed as something spectacular and and we all want to we want everyone to know that we have it all together but i think but we don't and i think being honest and going you know what i don't have it all together i you know when people are like you know you know you're aaron you're a christian you have it all together i go first of all i am so messed up that i need jesus more than most Mm -hmm. so let's just set let's Mm -hmm. set the bar really low for me Mm -hmm. but I poured my heart into this record and there's there's lighthearted moments but then there's moments where it's like I need to be honest with my fans. I need to share my heart with them. They deserve that. They deserve something that's real. If it's truly going to be music with meaning, then it needs to be the whole heart. So I want to get to another song and I um I've I've never heard a one-minute song. It's less than one minute. Yes. Can you play, and I'll get the explanation from okay. you here, but he has a song that is 58 seconds. It's called 58. Yeah. And uh, uh, I want to play that for you and have you explain it. Okay. In one minute. Stand by. So I, uh, I drove across the country uh, in the last couple of weeks, and fortunately I have a good car with a good uh, car seat in it, and so I could adjust it uh, to my back until yesterday. I had two flat tires about six hours out, and uh, I had to rent a car, and all they had was a Kia 
That's like strapping yourself to a skateboard. I just, I just want to tell you, I, anyway, so today I have a very comfortable chair back in the studio. It's an X chair. Uh, you can call 1-844-X chair. It has 10 different ways to adjust it. So it fits your body exactly right. And you will sit up straighter and you will have the lumbar support. You'll have everything that you need in ways that you didn't even know you could adjust a chair. You can adjust this chair, xchairbeck.com. Get $100 off right now for your home office or for your office away from home. Get $100 off at xchairbeck.com. Call them now, xchairbeck.com, or call 844-4-X-CHAIR. 10 seconds, station ID. We're back with uh, uh, Aaron Watson. Do you want to do you want to explain this song first or play it um, first? I'll explain it. Uh, the song's called Fifty Eight, and it's a tribute to uh, the fifty eight men and women that were killed at the um, Route ninety one festival in Las Vegas mm-hmm. um, a few years back. We played that f- festival a y- the year before the shooting, and. Um, I was home that night, that Sunday, when I heard about the shooting, and I had friends there, and uh, just heartbreaking. And then a few months later, we played National Finals Rodeo back in Vegas, mm-hmm. and some of the some of the people who had been injured came out to my show. And of course, you and I have talked about this. I have that I have that song, Blue Bonnets, that I wrote about mm-hmm. my daughter Julia that my wife and I lost, and this person who had been injured at the festival who also lost a friend there. Um, she said, your song blue bonnets has really helped me. She goes, I really wish you would write a song for the victims and their families. And I said, okay. And I thought about like, gosh, how do you write a song like that? But then the next day I woke up with some, with an idea of this, this song that could be called 58. That would be short meaningful and only be 58 seconds long just i wanted to end the record letting those people those families know that like we still remember them we're still thinking about them listen to this 58 seconds long it's called 58 58 lost their lives brothers and fathers Husbands and wives Fifty-eight Every daughter and son Left a long trail of tears A long ninety-one Fifty-eight Got wings way too soon Waltzing across Stars and moon Fifty-eight Angels singing along Forever missed This is your song Your album is, uh, the the album, by the way, is Red Bandana, um, and his name is Aaron Watson, and it is, it's, it's a great, if you like Aaron Watson, this is the best he's done, I think. Thank you. Uh, and uh, we're having him on because radio 
uh, doesn't play Aaron Watson very often <laughs> because uh, he doesn't have a record label. And so he's kind of the guy who wouldn't change, wouldn't wear the skinny jeans, and yes. wouldn't sing the songs that somebody else wrote. He said, like, I, no, I'd rather just play in a, I'd rather play in a honky-tonk someplace uh, than, you know, get rich and get famous playing somebody else's songs. Uh, and you kind of address this in the song Dark Horses, which you've addressed yeah. before, but it's different. This time it's not about you. Well, you had a big influence on the direction of this album, and I've told you a little bit Ooh, about boy, this. Oh, boy, that's bad. This will, well, we had dinner. <laughs> we had dinner, and I had told yeah. you about what I was thinking. And you said, Aaron, I get it. You're the underdog. You're an unsigned artist. You're independent. You know, because I'm independent, it's difficult for me to get played on mainstream radio. Now, we've had some top 40 hits, but it is it is difficult. Um, you know, we don't get nominated for awards because I'm independent. It's just It just is what it is, and I'm okay with that. So there is that underdog mentality that I always kind of have to embrace. But you said, listen, you've charted albums number one. You, you've, you've done things that have never been done before. You know, you are, you are the, you said, I think you said you are like the people's champ. You're showing them that despite the industry telling you, you can't, you're proving them wrong. And you were like, you need to write songs that inspire these people that that don't talk about how difficult it is for you. You're do, you're living the dream. You're defying gravity. Show these people, inspire these people. That's why they support you is because they believe in you. I have no recollection of saying that. I might have been hammered, well, uh, even though I'm an alcoholic. It was. <laughs> but I don't remember saying that. But I uh, I will tell you when I heard Dark Horses, I yeah. cheered. Because I thought yes. this is a kind of song that everybody needs to hear. The lyrics. This are- is the one we're kicking off the show to, the new show. This is like, this song goes out to everyone who's dreaming. It's like, get out there, work your butt off, earn it. Don't give up. If You know what? Get ready. They're going to tell you you're not good enough. Get ready. You may not get into the college you want. You may not get this that you want right off the bat. Whatever your dream is, you need to get ready because it's not going to be easy. Get ready and get out there and, and work hard. Listen, listen to Dark Horse. Yeah, this one goes out to the dreamer, always out there aiming high. Don't you let them clip your wings or say that you can't fly. This one goes out to the loser, losing time and time again and time again. Keeps on believing that someday they're going to win. When nobody knows your name, nobody knows your face. Everybody counts you out long before you start that race. You can let them place their bets, let them laugh and drink their wine. Let them eat their words when you're first to the finish line. Change your day in the sun, you're rolling like a young gun Now it's your time to ride, let your dark horse run They can't measure your heart, they can't tear you apart You'll finally get in your stride, let your dark horse run Through the fire, barbed wire, you're a runway train, there's no turning back This one goes out to the girls, go show the world you can Never let them hold you back just because you want a man This one goes out to those underdogs who aren't afraid to bite Change your game, break the chain, get off that porch and fight Change your day in the sun, you're rolling like a young gun Now it's your time to ride, let your dark horse run They can't measure your heart, they can't tear you apart You'll finally get 
turning back. Let your dark horse run. This is from the uh, the new CD that is out. is called Red Bandana by Aaron Watson. It is... I don't know if, if I'm the only one that feels this way, but there are albums that I will always associate with summer. Yeah. There are things that I will always associate with summer when you had the windows down mm-hmm. and you're ju- you've got the stereo cranked and you're just singing at the top of your lungs because no one can hear you. Yeah. That's this kind of album. Man, it... That's that is a great compliment. I wanted this to be something that people could enjoy. It's cinematic. It is. I, I, I did crazy thought that I did crazy things. Like I recorded my grandmother's wind chimes. I recorded the train that passes by the ranch. Um, I recorded my my dad's AM fuzz radio. Hang on, more on that when we come back. The Glenn Beck program. You should, um, uh, Aaron, you should send your wife on this cruise. We don't want you to go, but. Ooh, that sounds fun. Yeah, you should go to the cruise with us. It is going to be a blast. I'm when taking, is it? Uh, it's next spring. Okay. And uh, we're going to Israel. Have you been to Israel? I have never. Oh, you have to go. I would Israel. love to. We're going with um, Rabbi Daniel Lappin, who uh-huh. is incredible on what you learn about the Old Testament. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and so we're going to walk the, you know, uh, the Holy Land and then. Uh, Bill O'Reilly is going to join us there. We're going to do a couple of shows, oh, that's cool. uh, and then uh, a couple of other uh, a couple of other places. We're going to uh, Athens. We're going to Venice. I mean, it's going to be really cool. Okay, I'm going to have to. You, you, you should come. You should come. Uh, ComeSailAway.com. You can learn all about this once in a lifetime trip. Uh, we're really trying to. You, I mean, look. You can go lay by the pool. You can drink your face off, eat your face off, and just go and have a good time. Or you can stick around too for some of the, the some of the things we're doing to teach history on how America became America because of these influential places. ComeSailAway.com. ComeSailAway.com. You got uh, blazetv.com slash Glenn to join with uh, with your $10 discount if you use the promo code Glenn. Do it now. Border stuff tonight. We're with uh, we're with Aaron Watson, uh, and Aaron is a – Aaron has had how many number ones? Oh, gosh. Lots. So many. I can't even count. Your last your – la- <laughs> your last – I, I was being smart, Alex, yeah, to I all know. the listeners. No, I know. Um, your last – uh, CD mm-hmm. went Vaquero, right? Vaquero was the top, the most downloaded album. The one before that, it, it came in at number two, just behind uh, a, another band that had basically the song of the year. Yeah. And then the record before that, Underdog, became the first independent album in the history of country music to chart number one, Amazing. which is just a testament to the fans. God's blessed me with the best fans. And let me just tell you, your fans are amazing. I, if if I texted you every time I'm at a show, after a show, in the merch line, I always hang out afterwards. If I texted you, and it usually it's like at 1230 at night, 1 o'clock in the morning, every time someone is like, I, you know, I had never heard of you, but I heard you on Glenn's show, and we became fans. You would be so annoyed with me texting <laughs> you every night. They're it's amazing. They are people. great fans. And you know Your what? fans and my fans, I think, are exactly alike. They're exactly the same. They love our independence. Mm-hmm. They love the fact that major record labels tell me that I'm not good enough, but yet I don't give up and I keep, you know, 
for me, music's not an industry. It's just a family business. Like, literally, I say this jokingly, but I tell people, one of my sales pitches, I'm like, listen, all the proceeds from this album, down to the very last penny, all the proceeds go straight into my wife's purse. (laughs) And I say that jokingly, but it's true. It's like... I've never been paid a penny from my record sales, <laughs> right. but Mama is doing good, and she right. takes great care of our babies. Right, but this and is. He, a- but I've been following you on Instagram. Your kids, yeah, you you got all of these. You signed them. You signed out yes. how many, uh, and you had to unwrap. Yeah, the kids helped me, and let me tell you, I'll tell you where the, the work ethic comes from because your fans will, your listeners will love this. I was about 11 years old. My dad's a disabled veteran. Uh, He was injured in Vietnam. And growing up, dad's a custodian. It wasn't the coolest job, right? Um, All my buddies were were going swimming one day. I said, Dad, I'd like to go swimming. And dad said, I need your help cleaning the church today. And Glenn, I I complained nonstop. Mm -hmm. I was in the stall with my dad in a a toilet stall. I'm cleaning. I've got the yellow gloves on. I'm Mm -hmm. scrubbing this toilet. My dad's in the stall next to me. He's cleaning. And I'm just complaining. Dad, I didn't want to do this. I hate cleaning toilets. My buddies are swimming. I hate this. My sweet daddy comes around the the stall and he says, hey, he goes, do you think when I was your age that I wanted to grow up to become a custodian? And it got real quiet. He said, but I got hurt in the war and life turned out differently than I thought it was going to. He said, but here's the deal. He said, God has blessed me with this job. And because of this job, I can take care of you, your sister and your mama. He said, so you can bet that these are going to be the cleanest toilets in town. And that's how I show my thanks for this job that I've been blessed with. And I'm trying to teach that to my kids now with this record, with my, with my business. They help me unwrap CDs. Mm-hmm. They, they, we sign them, we box them, we ship them out, we mail them. And I've had to tell them that story about, about dad, about their granddad. Like, listen, granddad was cleaning toilets. I didn't want to help him out. But cleaning toilets with my dad, is those are some of my greatest memories that made me who I am today. It's, it's called Whatever You Do, it, you need to take pride in it. And I love that my dad said, you can bet that be- that I'm going to show my appreciation for God blessing me with this job by making these the cleanest toilets in town. I love that. It's almost the Martin Luther King street sweeper quote where he said to the streets, where Martin Luther said to the street sweeper, clean those streets and make them so clean that if Jesus walks down those streets, he says, man, there was one great street sweeper. You know, it's mm-hmm. like put pride in your work. Give it your best effort. You have a song. Is this really about your mom and dad? Country radio. Country radio. It is. My mom, It's it's been a year ago. We were talking about things that happened growing up and my dad's disabilities. And um, she said, she looked at me and she said, I hope that I gave you a good raising. She goes, I hope that growing up in our house was good for you. And I said, mom, it was amazing. I go, I know we had some hard times. I go, I know that you and dad weren't perfect and that you argued and there were fights and there were ups and downs. I go, but mama, I don't remember those times. There was always love. I go, mom, I remember 
not the fights. I remember us all making up, hugging and crying and and getting through the hard times. And I just wanted to write a song from a child's perspective, a child's point of view. Children are amazing. They're so forgiving. They don't hold grudges like adults. They are they truly ha- they they truly have that heart of God. It hasn't been corrupted by the world yet. I wanted to write a song from a child's perspective about my mom and dad and remember seeing them be in love and how that impacted me today. And it's it's a song called Country Radio and I get to sing this song to my mom tomorrow night on the Grand Ole Opry and I'm not wow. going to make eye contact with her or I'm going to lose it. I mean, but wow. I'm excited about mom being at the show, but um here it is. They would put me in bed, tug me in tight, say my prayers, kiss my head, make me feel safe at night. Walking out holding hands, barely crack my door, turn the Aubrey on and waltz across the floor. I'd sneak over to the light and I'd take a peek. They kept dancing all night, even if the signal got weak. I can still see them, ooh, silhouettes swaying across the wall. Ooh, no, we didn't have much. Then again, we had it all. They made that little house a home full of heart and soul. Just like a love song on country radio. They could sing them all, two-part harmony tune Like Loretta and Conway, Johnny and June I could hear Mama laughing, Daddy swept her off her feet You know the sound of love has never sounded so sweet And 30 years later, I've got three kids and my wife Their love songs, a legacy, the soundtrack of my life I can still see them, ooh, silhouettes swaying across the wall. Ooh, no, we didn't have much. Then again, we had it all. They it's made a, that little It's amazing how, because I think a lot of us grew up the same. Yeah. That we weren't poor, mm-hmm. okay? But we weren't rich, and we didn't have an awful lot, but we never felt poor. Yeah. I never felt like I didn't have anything. Right. Like, I always felt like I had everything I needed. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, and, don't, I mean, I don't know about you were maybe better than I was. Don't get me wrong. There was not stuff. There was stuff that I didn't have or didn't get for Christmas, and, you know, we didn't have the latest yeah. toy or the latest whatever. So there were times you were like, how come I can't get that? How come I can't? But we never felt poor. Yeah. But reflecting now, when you look back and go, you know, okay, well, maybe I'd never had the newest Michael Jordans or whatever the kids were wearing. Yeah. But it's like, those aren't the things that I like relish on now. Like, no. I don't think it's like, oh man, it's like, you know, it's like what I told my mom, I said, mom, you gave me the best upbringing, mama, you know, and my dad. Yes. You know what? It's like. I have a such a great amount of respect for my father years later, knowing that, 
you know what? Being a custodian, cleaning those toilets, it wasn't the most popular sought after job. Yeah. <laughs> but he did it. He did it so that he could take care of me, my mom, and my sister. It's and amazing. Think, and that is probably why you're a success today. Without a doubt. Because you were you weren't willing to sell your soul. Yeah. Even though radio doesn't play you a lot of people think radio just plays the hits. Well, no, not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, they'll sometimes, many times, play the selection that the record companies are giving them. Yeah. Uh, and so they don't necessarily go for an independent. No, um, it's there's it's there's some politics involved and, and we love radio and we get a lot of support from a lot of people in radio. It's those rebels that are willing to take a chance on mm-hmm. a guy like me. And, and I tell them, I'm like, guys, we're we're charting albums top 10, charting albums number one. We're selling out shows across the nation. I have a brand of, of music you can depend on. Like, I'm not here today, gone tomorrow. It's like... I, I jokingly say this, but like my goal, I'm my goal every month is to pay off my wife's credit card bill. And by when I when I say that, I mean my goal is to continue taking care of yeah. my family because she is not. I mean, I love your wife. Oh, she is down to earth. She's such a a, a, a rock star mom. Yeah, she's got like a hundred thousand followers on Instagram, and and it's like they people like me because they love her, and I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um. It, it's it's just it's one of those things that I'll, I'll tell you I'll, I'll brag on you and your fans and your listeners is that when we came in here with Vaquero two years ago it was sitting at around number seven or eight on the iTunes chart and on the Amazon chart after you told your listeners to go buy this album and support independent music it went straight number one for the rest of the week I mean you I was I, I told you on the phone the other day I was like listen you really really moved the needle for us and you're like oh don't you no I didn't I'm like and I said Glenn I wish I could tell you that I tell everyone that <laughs> but you're the only you're you're the guy who has given us so much support and and it's crazy how my music really appeals to your listeners it is honestly like it was written for my listener. I it's. I, I love your a, listeners. I love them coming to my shows. It's just. It's. There's. It's, a, 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 and can we just talk about it? I don't play it in the background, uh, please. Uh, let me see which song was. It? I don't have the list. Here it is. What are you uh, it was uh, old friend. Old friend. Play play a little bit of old friend and tell me about this. Okay. As it's playing. Go ahead. So, I wrote this song. So so there was the Route 91 shooting. Yes. And then the next, and, and everybody was so political and people were going at each other's throats about gun control, blah, 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 blah. The next day, Tom Petty dies. And there were two guys on Facebook that were going after each other's throats. The next day when Tom Petty died, those same two guys that were going after each other's throats were posting the same thing about how much Tom Petty's music meant to them. And I thought to myself, music. Hang on, play a little bit. So 
So you have uh, left wing, right wing. It takes both wings for fight. Uh, can't you hear the children singing red, yellow, black, and white? So stop your fighting. Start uniting. Sing a, uh, sing along. I think we all agree we love a Tom Petty song. Yeah. It's like left wing or right wing. It takes both wings for flight. Can't you hear the children singing red and yellow, black and white? Stop your fight and start uniting. You know, it's like it's it's that message of like uh, be kind to be kind. Yeah. It's like do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. It's 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 be nice, folks. It's 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 don't. Ju- it's like I have you know. It's one of those things. That, I, I called myself the hip. I'm the hypocrite poster boy. Yeah. Perfect and imperfection. Right. You know, and it's just like it, it's a song where it's like be nice to others. The name of the album is Red Bandana. Aaron Watson is the artist's name. Even if you don't like country music, I would ask that you would buy this and give it to somebody who does like country music. Uh, because this guy works his butt off, wrote all of these songs. He charts at number one, but radio ignores him because he is a rebel and says, I want to do it my way. Uh, so he needs, I mean, he literally has sold his CDs out of the trunk of his car for years. <laughs> yep. He has worked really hard. Uh, send a message uh, that, you know, play the hits, play the hits. Uh, buy his uh, new CD. You will love it. It's the best he's done. It's called Red Bandana, Aaron Watson. Aaron, thank you. Thank you, brother. As always. Thank you for everything you've done for me. And I don't have to sell them out of my truck anymore because now you can get them on iTunes and Amazon. God bless you. God bless. I love you. Thank you. All right. Let me tell you about our sponsor. If you are in constant pain, you are not alone. Uh, I was in pain for a long, long time. Estimated 50 million people are just the same. Missing work due to pain. Americans spend about $2,000 a year to combat their pain. And 66% believe I'm going to be in the rest of my life. I'm going to be in pain. That sucks. Start taking Relief Factor. It has helped me with my pain. I feel the best I've felt in five years. It stops inflammation, and that is the most important thing that you can do really for your health all the way around, but especially for pain. 100% drug-free, created by doctors. Try their three-week quick start. It's nineteen ninety-five. It's a trial pack. 70% of the people who order it go on to order more. It's Relief Factor. Get it now. ReliefFactor.com or call 800-583-84, 800-583-84 or ReliefFactor.com. Make sure you go to iTunes and get uh, Aaron Watson's new uh, album, Red Bandana. It's, it's really, really fantastic. Best uh, of his work. Uh, tonight, 5 o'clock on TV, we are going over the border and what's really happening on the border. Uh, they're now saying that Donald Trump flip-flopped. The left is saying this. He was going to start, you know, ICE uh, dep- deportations. Now he's flip-flopped. Oh, my gosh. I can't take it from these people. Tonight, 5 o'clock, Blaze TV. You don't want to miss it. This is the Glenn Beck Program.